Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 3050, My Experience with Mental Health, Anxiety, by Kylie Lassard of abluesky-mind.com. I'm your narrator, Justin Mollick, the guy that reads blogs or articles to you every single day of the year, including weekends and holidays. And with that, let's get right to our next post as we optimize your life. My Experience with Mental Health, Anxiety, by Kylie Lassard of abluesky-mind.com. It's Mental Health Awareness Month, so each week I'm diving into a different mental health topic that I'm intimately familiar with, starting with anxiety. Anxiety by the numbers. Let's start by painting a picture of the issue in America with data from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. Number one, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the US, affecting 40 million adults, 18% of the population every year. Number two, anxiety develops from a complex set of risk factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, personality, and life events. Number three, it's often linked with depression. Nearly one half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. And number four, anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only 37% of those suffering receive treatment. The too long didn't read version, it's a big but blessedly treatable problem in our country. My experience with anxiety. I've experienced heart-racing, stomach-clenching anxiety before I knew there was a word for it. As a child, I slept with dream catchers above my bed and worry dolls under my pillows to ease the nightmares that plagued me. I feared kidnapping as a child, assault as a teen, and now natural disasters as an adult. I've learned to name this existential anxiety. I've also experienced what I've come to term relational anxiety, primarily in close friendship, romantic relationships, usually the ones that don't work out, and in the workplace. As I've gotten older, I've learned that close family members have also had near-death experiences with debilitating anxiety. I've also been prescribed anti-anxiety medication that I proudly carry with me and take as needed while continuing to practice self-soothing techniques as a primary defense. I try my best to be open about how much therapy has helped me in this area as a further effort to destigmatize both the experience and the treatment what I learned from a Buddhist nun on managing anxiety. When things fall apart, heart advice for hard times is the single most important spiritual text I've read to date. Shipped to me in the middle of a life crisis by one of my dearest friends, I've returned to the words in this book for every crisis thereafter. 
is especially useful when your specific crisis involves intense anxiety. So if you're someone who regularly suffers, it might be one to pick up. Here are the eight main takeaways for me. Number one, accept non-permanence and change. Security is an illusion. Number two, relax into groundlessness. Give up hope of getting solid ground under your feet. Number three, suffering is normal and okay. It doesn't mean something is wrong, it just is. Number four, you are fundamentally alone. That is not a problem. Number five, exposing yourself to annihilation builds resilience. Number six, have fearless compassion for yourself and others. Number seven, open to your thoughts and emotions. Don't close, notice opinions, let them go. And number eight, relax and line up. Give yourself a break. My tips for managing situational anxiety. I'd love to tell you that I successfully meditate or employ breath work to get through my situational anxiety, but I seem to actually get more in my head that way. Tyler has had powerful success with mindfulness, meditation, and visualizations, etc., while going through a period of anxiety, so definitely don't knock it as an option. It just hasn't been my bag. Of course, I try to breathe, be here now, and not somewhere in the regretful past or scary future. From there, I try to utilize the following strategies. Number one, write it out. Get all feelings on paper. Investigate with curiosity and kindness. Number two, indulge in the worst case scenario dispassionately. What resources do you have to recover? Example, your family, skill set, health. Number three, favor the most likely outcome. Outcomes are usually somewhere between best case and worst case. Plan to land in the middle. Number four, keep in mind the average attention span. Even if you fail, it will quickly fade from memory. Number five, talk to yourself. Repeat the words, I love you and I forgive you no matter what happens. You're allowed to make mistakes and mean it. Number six, reach out. Apologize if you need to. Call your mom or best friend for an anxiety reality check. And number seven, move on. Put on some music, take a shower, go for a walk, say yes to an invite. Remind yourself that life goes on. Why I share about my anxiety. I share for no other reason than to let you know that you are not alone in what you carry, to grow empathy for what this condition feels like, and to encourage you to dig more into what positive psychology can teach you about managing your mental health. It's been a godsend for me and what makes me so passionate about the space, sending you all the peace and self-compassion you need to get through your next anxious spell. You just listened to the post titled My Experience with Mental Health, Anxiety by Kylie Lassard of abluesky-mind.com. And I'll be right back with my commentary. Thank you to Kylie. I can definitely relate to this. And as with her experience, for me, I'm sort of the same, where being a little too present in anxious situations can make it worse for me. Whereas a little bit of distraction sometimes helps more. So that's why we need to experiment with different ideas so that we can really discover what works best for us. But I wanna mention that book again that she recommended, not because I've personally read it, but because I've seen the author speak in person. That's Pema Chodron. And that book specifically has been recommended multiple times and by people I even know personally. So it's probably worth checking out. It's called When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. Supposedly a great read when going through tougher times. 
And of course, this podcast is always available. It can hopefully help you through hard times as well. So thanks for listening and being here every day. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow for Minimalist Monday where your optimal life awaits.